0: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's, let's get, get Into, into it. it. My name is Mark Roberts. This is uh, Rod Wings. We got
1: Wings Nickels. That's right. That's Did you it. have wings last week? No, I'm on a health kick right now. Oh my god, get a, I'm having some tonight. Do right. it.
0: You know what? Wings are really unhealthy. I, I thought wings, like you were having chicken, it's good for you. There's nothing. Wings are like dipped in, in butter. Right? deep fried they're deep fried no 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 dude they're so bad keto diet bro keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> is it, are they part of they're not part of any diet i don't think. No, of course keto diet it's no. still chicken right
1: no i've had the fake so. ones the ve- vegetarian ones are the ugh
0: anything yeah. vegetarian although i, I like um, tofu tofu is good really yeah i don't mind fan. it i'm not a fan no but welcome to let's get into we're gonna get into a few things today you know i was thinking about how much i like this podcast me too Really? Yeah, I I, listen to it every morning. Yeah, I like listening to what we're talking about. It re inspires me, redirects me. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that's you know that's how you do that. And then um, I also like the idea that there's a lot of possibilities all the time in entertainment. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, things that I didn't realize when I got into the business. For instance, I thought that if I made a movie and raised money, that I would be a millionaire. (laughs) right i really did Uh, i really did i thought if i do this and i make a movie i'm rich and that was wrong that's not how it works this is like any other business you get paid a reasonable rate uh and then you have to overwork yourself and you're working more than you need to for the amount of money you're making and um And then in the end, it's really uh, this passion job that you don't get paid a whole lot of money for. You probably spend more time doing it uh, than you're getting paid per hour. I would say you make less than minimum wage. Probably. Especially at the beginning. You know, let's say you sell an idea or go to a network. You you know, if if you've now elevated beyond independent film and now you're pitching ideas and you're pitching to networks and someone buys your movie or your, I'm sorry, your script for your television show and you're now going to get paid... That payment for you as a creator, as a producer, as a scriptwriter, whatever, is actually not going to be that high. Yeah. And I'll explain to you really quickly why. Because no one wants to hear they're not going to get paid a lot of money. So this will be the part where you like go get a sandwich or something because you don't want to hear this. Here's the reality is that people get paid minimums.
1: Yeah. You noticed this the other day. Yeah.
0: And these minimums are not great. Not happy. here. No, hear they're this. not hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're tens of thousands of dollars, maybe. in in the beginning, in the beginning, right? Because yeah. a lawyer will say, no matter what you created, you can create the biggest show in the world and sell it. When you sell it, it's not the biggest show in the world. It's just an idea for a good show that everyone might agree should be on TV or should be on a streamer or whatever. So they'll look at you and say, great. So what have you done before? And normally the answer is going to be like, well, I did a couple of indies. Yeah. They're going to say, "Okay, great." So then you're going to qualify to get 35 grand for your script or 40 grand or 50, whatever the minimum is. You said 44 the other day. Let's say it's 44. Uh now you're thinking, "Wait, that's not enough. I've spent my whole life with this idea." Yeah. I deserve Pennies. to make hundreds of thousands Pennies of a dollar. My life's going to change, isn't it? And then someone on the other side on the other side of the table says, "No, it's not. There's minimums. You really didn't make anything before, so we're offering you the minimum and then you've got to build yourself from there." But here's my advice. Don't worry about what you're going to get paid for the first few projects. Just know that you're going to always come up with great ideas. And that you'll sell one, you'll make minimum, you'll hope that it does great because when it does great, then you can say to the next deal you make, well, I had to do with that show and it did really well. Yeah. And now I don't work for minimum anymore. I work for double minimum. So then all of a sudden you're 80 grand a script or 80 grand an idea. And that's how actors do it. That's how producers do it. That's how directors do it. Yeah. You know, James Cameron didn't start making millions of dollars a movie. He proved that every movie he made was going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions of dollars. So, what's that worth to you if you're a network, if you're, an, or I'm sorry, if you're a studio investing in James Cameron? All of a sudden, sky's the limit on this guy's payment, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, I look back and I think, had I known that I was going to have to always fight for my pay no matter what I was working mm-hmm. on. I may have chosen to do something else because maybe I would have been a great salesman selling Mercedes-Benz or Jaguars, uh-huh. or maybe I would have been a great salesman selling real estate. Lots yeah. of people in the entertainment business going to real estate, right? Because it's a, it's a very easy transition. You know what they also
1: go into? Winemaking for some weekends. for mm. a reason. I know a couple people do that. But you're right. The misconception when you first get here is like, oh, I'm going to be rich and famous. It's not like that. And eventually you get smacked in the face with the reality. And then it, then it comes down to, they say the average stay for actors in L.A. is six months. Because that's how long it takes to right. figure out how tough it is. Um, and if you're really, if you're into it, like if I could make what I make now probably in a little, a little bit more, just comfort, comfort to feed my family, by making films I'm happy. Like I will I will die a happy man if I could just do that. I don't need to be a millionaire. I'm I'm past that. I don't well, need to be rich and famous. It's a pain in the ass. I'd that's rather awesome. just make what I I'd rather just do it for the love and the passion of the craft and yeah. what I really like to do.
0: That's awesome. I'll uh, congratulate you on that. So for instance,
1: like I'm I'm focusing more on writing. Why? Because I could do it. I don't binge watch TV. I don't Go to the gym, obviously you can tell <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't you're do the reverse it. gym. You're you're eating for a part.
1: Well I did, I did, right to gain weight for this thing. You're um, like De Niro. Yeah, and when you said you got no cho- I got no choice. If you lose
0: all of this weight, then you will really be like you will be my hero because I I'm hundred percent gonna lose all the that's weight. You want you want that's crazy. You know how hard it is to lose weight? weight? I lost crazy. forty
1: pounds in eight weeks, player. I've wow. already done it a few times. But there's a uh, what I'm getting at is writing is something I could do any time. On my free time i can keep my day job and i wrote four features last year four features in one year
0: um which i'm pretty proud of you may be a real writer i don't know that many real writers like richard montoya is a real writer caroline kepnis who i would like to have on the show yeah. and i i think she would come on she's a writer that if she doesn't write every day, yeah, like there, something won't be right in her that's life. That's how I am, dude. But this, she's good. Oh, wait, hey, <laughs>
1: this guy don't even read my style. He, he's so like, like we talked about last time. He's like, it's only horror movies in uh, action. That's it. That's all there is. I'm like, dude, I, I'm, that's not me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell him I wrote this amazing coming of age. It's amazing. And I actually
0: submitted it to two See, festivals. See, fell asleep at coming of age. I t-
1: what do you mean? You <laughs> Did you hear Juno? Do, do you remember that movie? Oh, Juno was great. Exactly. I that one great. movie, Boy or whatever. That was a coming of age. Dude, it there's a ton, a ton of coming of ages that are awesome, good. dude. That the was Outsiders. That was, Recent. that was filmed over
0: like 15 years, though, remember? With the oh, same dude, cast. that oh, was amazing. Um, that yeah. was a great was movie. It was, um, Boy, it was something else. I don't yeah. know. No,
1: it was Linkletter. Linkletter. Yeah, uh, Linkletter. But what was the name of the movie? Boy's Life. Boy's yeah. Life, Boyhood. boyhood. Which, that movie uh, starred... Patricia Arquette.
0: Patricia Arquette, who went over like seven years. Ethan Hawke, and they yeah. shot it over like seven or eight years. Yeah, ago. Richard amazing. Linkletter. Yeah.
1: It's a period piece. I told mm-hmm. you, you don't want to read it. I told you, but we were talking about this yesterday, and it has a lot to do, a lot of the music takes place in 1987. Smiths, the the band The Smiths, right. it's Real, they're uh, they're in it a lot, you know, like the music for them, because mm-hmm. that was, it was it kind of based loosely on my life, but that was... um. It was a strong presence in my life. And you're like, yesterday, remember this? Yes. And you said, well, do you get the rights to that? I said, no, I don't got the rights. How do I get right. the rights to it? Well, we're going to get into
0: rights. Let's get into this it. Show. Let's, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is probably, as a producer, the bane of my existence. Because I can't always control directors. Um, in fact... You punched I one con- of the feet. I did. I can't control... <laughs> Did you I hear that? Oh, hold no, the, uh, we I don't want to get into this story because then I have to name names and it's not going to be cool. You don't have to name names. I'll have to bring him in. I'll talk All about right, it right, when right. he's in. Oh,
1: at least um, you guys are
0: still friends? Yeah, no. You know what's funny is I love him. I think he's a great guy. I think he's one of the funniest people I've ever met, but we were working on a movie he was directing and uh they had he had worked with the composer for I don't know, 24 36 straight hours. And I was showing up just to approve everything so that we can go to master. And I showed up at nine a.m. with my coffee, and uh, they were both bloodshot. And the director runs up to me and says, "I have this epiphany. <laughs> we're going to change everything. It's all—it was all wrong. We're going in this other directing uh, direction." And the and the composer looks at me and says, "I quit." and i was like wait wait, wait, hang on like we're going to a festival like next week you can't quit we need to master right like this has got to be the end of it i showed up to just to just for you guys to tell me that we're done yeah he's like we are done but if he does this i'm done and you guys don't get this so so anyway the director got all crazy and i got all crazy and i dropped my coffee and i punched him and he fell into the drums oh my gosh it was the craziest thing and then I got calls from everyone on the crew going like did you really punch him we all wanted to do that anyway we'll have to talk about that when you I you got to bring him, bring him in. in I'll bring him in but um but it is very difficult when you talk about licensing because so many people know successful bands I I've never realized how many people know a person who started a hit band yeah do you know anybody yeah yeah so i think to get into this properly what happens is you go out and you do you you put together a movie you do it independent style which means you don't have a lot of money yeah uh, even if you have a couple million dollars you don't have much money you're spending most of that making the movie and paying people to do the movie and edit the movie right so at the very end you end up with a very little amount of money left but somehow you need to compose your music or you need to license music now the misconception is I know the guy in that band and he said, I can use the music. Yeah. Okay. So here's the problem with that. And I can say this to directors all day long, every single day, and they'll never hear it the way I say it. I say, okay, I appreciate that. You know, the person in that band and that they said you can use it, but there's two bodies licensing this music. They recorded it, then their record company owns it once they put it out and sell it. So the record company owns the master of that recording. The band owns the writing and the performance of that. Those are two separate things. So when you go to licensed music and I recorded the song and I sang it and I say, you know what, you can have my side, you still have to go to the record company and say like, oh, he gave it to me for free and they're going to say like, well, we don't give anything for free. Yeah. So let's say half of them charge you the performance fee. Is that for a band that just say like an indie
1: rock band who had mediocre success? Like, I'm not talking about like, uh, I don't know, Michael Jackson, like,
0: no, well, impossible to get. If you said I need a Michael Jackson, song, I say it's not going to happen.
1: How much would that cost? I mean, a guesstimate.
0: <sighs> Let me think. Um, I wish I had Joel High here. He's a music supervisor. But uh, let's assume a Michael Jackson tune will cost you maybe fifty, sixty thousand. 60000 Damn. And that's just one side. The performance side is another, unless they own all of it. Sometimes they own all of it. But, uh, you're looking that, at it, grand, it, Well, then. you're talking about a hit song yeah. that you're not going to use in your movie forever and ever and ever. Because that once it's in your movie, it's forever in your movie. Right. So they've got to charge you Accordingly. So here's the thing. If you're making a movie and it's an indie film, then uh, set aside money to pay for those songs. Find out what they cost first. Get a music supervisor, which is very smart because a music supervisor has relationships with all of the record labels and they can call and say, Hey, I'm working with this really cool movie. They'd like this song. They don't have a lot of money. He can explain and plead the case. I'm working on a documentary and we're using a lot of Los Lobos songs now. Los Lobos notoriously are difficult to license, but because the documentary is about Carlos Almaraz, yeah. who they know, and Luis Perez did all of the music on our movie, who is in Los Lobos, we were able to write letters, do videos, mm. show pieces of the music uh, of the movie as examples of how we're going to use the songs. So we were able to do a deal where we said, "Look." Every song is going to get a hundred dollars a song. Not one song is going to get more. Mm. So when you license a song to us, we'll pay a hundred bucks, but we will not pay anyone else more. We promise. So a lot of labels appreciated that. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. If you sell to digital, if you go on and you sell theatrical, all that, there's You pay another hundred bucks or another two fifty or something like that. Now what about the flip
1: side to that coin? If you say, Listen, I'm making this movie. It's gonna be amazing. You'd be lucky. Lucky if I put your song in this. I'll think about it. What do you think? (laughs) To who? Who are you saying? (laughs) To the record label or whoever owns the rights to
0: the music. They'll say All right, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. They'll say have a good time. Yeah. But But um, there is a chance that could happen. That you make a great movie. Yeah, they'd have to agree with you. That you can't use their you can't you you can't put music in your Movie screen it. No, at a yeah. Festival because there's also festival licenses, so you yeah. can go to these labels and say, "Look, I'd like to pay for the music for festivals and make a deal for if I sell it." But festivals, Ooh, festivals yeah could be you know a couple hundred dollars a song, a hundred dollars a song for a festival, right? And then if you sell it and yeah. someone buys it, then maybe they can pay the difference on the song at that point. What I oh. have done is when I know I'm going to have a composer on the on the movie yeah i'll tell the director use any song you want for the editing any whatever you feel gives you the feel that you need in this movie use it yep later we're going to give the movie to a composer and say here's the feel that they want for the movie Mm -hmm. Uh write something that feels happy or sad or loving or whatever and you know it's it's really worked How much are composers? Are they pretty pricey? It depends. If you know someone and you went to college with someone who's becoming a composer, they may. uh, What are you trying to get? John Williams. You can't get John (laughs) Williams. Who's John Williams? Jaws. Oh, no, Jurassic Park. Park. Jurassic Park. Star Wars. (laughs) You couldn't get him, but you could have gotten back in like 77 (laughs) probably for nothing. That's right. That's right. Um, Bill Conti was nobody when he did Rocky. No, he was nobody, yeah. He was nobody. I think he was a college student. I, I, I want I want to go back to that story and figure out if that's true or not. But Bill Conti, yeah, he was nobody. And yeah. he wrote this unbelievable uh, score. And you know what he went on to do next? Huh. He went on to do The Karate Kid. Oh. cam was invented amazing. on
1: Rocky too. You know that, right? I did not know that. Yeah, that guy that created the steadicam. <laughs> on that. There's a lot of stuff like that. But
0: let's wrap up the, the licensing thing. If you're going to use music, there's two ways you can do it. Use it knowing you're going to replace it with a composer's yeah. work. Use it knowing that you can't afford Sting and U2 and Michael Jackson. So find bands that you can potentially you can use. Maybe even use a music supervisor that can give you bands in the feel of the music that you want to use. So that helps. Yeah. Uh, get a music supervisor, Tom. I have $10,000. I'd like a couple of cool songs from some people and the rest could be yeah. unknowns. Then they'll give you music. And, uh, and if you, like, for instance, for us, there was a connection to certain scenes where the, the subject in our movie knew the musician. So we were able to send the clip to the music company, yeah. to the label, show them the clip, say it mattered to him and it mattered to us, and have them say, you know what, that's fine, 100 bucks. In fact... The guy in our movie, Carlos Almaraz, loved Disney, and we used Fantasia in our movie. So we thought, we're never going to get Fantasia. We're never going to get Fantasia. It's a classic Disney movie. We're never going to get Fantasia. The filmmakers were like, please, you got to ask. So we took a clip of the movie. Sent it to Disney and said, We'd like to license a minute of fantasia where Mickey's doing this and this oceans, you know, whatever. Um They laughed at you. No. They looked at it and they said, You could use a minute of fantasia for twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. And then they said, and you can use the two images of Walt Disney for a hundred bucks a piece. What? Yes. So that licensing is different. Now we're talking about picture licensing, about image licensing, about movie licensing. We also licensed a clip from about Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. which is a classic movie from Paramount. Now Paramount wasn't as cool as Disney. They charged us, I think, $7,500. Yeah. For a few a few clips, a, a few cuts of yeah. uh and it might have been 15 seconds, like something really short. But different companies have different rules. Yeah. Walt Disney is so connected to the person that created it. Yeah. The namesake of the company that if it means something to them and to him and he inspired somebody, then they, they look at it a little bit differently.
1: Cool. So I'm my drug Lord who I got somebody really good to play. Oh, who's playing, who's
0: playing my part.
1: No, you were uh, Marco Antonio. I got John Fitzgerald to play that, who did a really good job, by the way. Wow. But the juggler, the 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 movies titled him El Chingon. That's what he calls himself. His real name is Armando Ochoa. I got um, I got somebody really good, dude. Um, really good. But anyways, my question is about images. I have a couple of these cool shirts. Well, they're they're kind of cool, ugly and they're from like the early 2000s. Do you remember when the shirts like the short like the short sleeves but they would they would put the like image into the material. Do you remember those? Do you remember those Nickels? Like it, it would be like in the shirt would be like a picture. Like it wasn't screen printed but it was in the material. I've seen stuff like that. You remember those yeah. back? At, so I have two that I kept. Scarface. <laughs> One with the with the member of Frank Lopez Lopez Motors the the, the um, tropical scene in the background, yes. and he comes in with the gun, he's all shot up. I have that, and then I have another one of him um, walking through the streets right before he kills uh, Ector. Um, would I be able to have my drug lord wear those shirts? Because it's Al Pacino's Scarface In my movie, or will I have to get licensing for that?
0: Al Pacino's on the shirt? Yes. Yeah, you can't use it. Why? Because it's a character that's owned, copywritten by Paramount. They're so cool. They're perfect for this character. I mean, I would say that would be what a lawyer would tell you. Yeah. I would say as an indie, um, you can use it because they're probably not going to come after you unless it becomes a big hit. At which point, if someone goes to buy it from you and it's a big company, well, first of all, if it's Paramount buying it from you, they're not going to care. Yeah. Right? Because they own it. But if Universal's buying it from you, they're going to say, you know that scene where you use a Scarface character on your T-shirt in the scene? Do You have a license for that. You're going to say no. They're going to say, can you get one, please? So you you could figure it out. And that might not be a ton of money. But, you know, all these little things add up. So license your, you know, look. Do your best to do a film within the parameters of the law. Because now lots of people, there's entire companies looking for you breaking the law in your movie using some image that's not yours in a documentary You're haters, dude that's true in a documentary <laughs> there's something called fair use yeah if I mention you I can use your image for a minute to, to to explain to the people this is what I'm talking about in a movie that's not uh that's fiction it's not the same because now I'm using an image that was paid for by someone else right. in my movie that's not real that's not true so you can't do it
1: All right. I just thought I would. I mean, I have them. I found some other shirts online for like 20 bucks that are real cheesy, but they're dope. So I'll just buy them.
0: All right. Um, But that's the answer to that. I think that you have to try as a filmmaker to license all of the things that are in your movie so that you don't get yourself in trouble. What about names? What about, okay, so instance, my lead character, my main character's name is Joe
1: Aguilar. Mm -hmm. His real name is Pepe. Pepe Aguilar, Mm -hmm. who's a famous Mexican singer. Mm -hmm. And when he meets the drug lord, uh, Ochoa, Ochoa can't believe that his real name is Pepe Aguilar because he doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Right. Do I have to license that too? No. I don't, right? You
0: can't copyright a name. Perfect. Somebody told me the other day,
1: someone who didn't want me to make this movie told me, oh, no, 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 you got to get light.
0: You can't copyright a name, especially not if you're someone famous You can copyright, like for instance, you can't go in your movie and say, let's get ready to rumble. Like you can't do that. That's copywritten. That's a phrase. Can you go, let's get ready to, and then cut to something else. You could say, let's get ready to get ready. You can do that. Um, All right. But let's finish, let's finish off with like licensing is important. You really do need to tell your directors to be careful what music they're using, unless you're going to replace it later, then they just kind of go crazy and have a good time. And don't get attached to anything, because a, t- a lot of times directors put all this music in and they're like, wait a minute, I have to have it all. It no. changes the whole film. Right. It I changes everything. That's, that's right. Then you get punched in the face by the Roberts. And then Mark it's Roberts. a very difficult conversation. So license it. And also, don't be afraid to go to Disney. Don't be afraid to go to Paramount. Ask them for the clips you're using. See what they'll cost. If you can't use the actual moving picture, then use still images. Those will cost less. Yeah. Or have someone animate it or draw them out for you. And you, you can draw out an, an image from any famous movie and use that because it's not the actual image. It's your interpretation ah, of that image. So ah. lots of things to do with licensing. We'll get into licensing on a f- other episodes and more specific stuff. Yeah. But for now, there is licensing of music. There's licensing of images. There's licensing of, um, of material and all must be done and you have to have all this paperwork together before you sell your movie because someone will ask for it damn it all right you know if you want to if you want to make your movie and figure it out later that's cool but don't go crazy don't go yeah. crazy because then they'll come back and go like oh well I saw the movie you showed me that's the one I'm buying for yeah. 50 grand and you're like okay great but the music and all the stuff that's in it is gonna cost 150 grand yeah you'll be like uh well you yeah, just got to be smart about it don't be get smart. yourself yeah. caught because yeah. you can get in some quicksand in this business very quickly Yeah. Um, but yeah, so be careful with that. And then, um, how's it going on in your film? What's going on it's with the going film? It's going
1: amazing. Uh, What's like, happening? Like I said, like I said, I got. I asked a buddy of mine um, who... I don't know if I could say his name. I'll just wait. But anyways, he was a pretty... He's an established, well-known actor. He, he fell in some hard times, but he's making a comeback. But he's really talented. And uh, he actually played... He's born... He's raised in New York. He's played a lot of Italians. Um, and he's got an Italian last name. But come to find out, he was adopted. And he's actually Colombian. So this is perfect. So he's nice. going to be playing a Mexican drug lord. And nice. I told him, you're returning to your your real roots. That's so great. But yeah,
0: he said... Um, Isn't I, it funny how many Mexican, Latin American people have played for Italian? Wasn't Anthony Quinn? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Quinn. Quinn Anthony he,
1: Quinn played... Gangsters all the, the time. The quintessential in that time. Yeah, Italian yeah, and guy, and he wasn't Mexican. Yeah. yeah. So, but everything. No, everything's going good. I um, like I said, I just wrapped up this other film that I wrote that you don't want to hear about called How Soon Is Now, mm. coming of age. I just submitted as my first two festivals. So my movie that I'm making about the screenwriter who wins all this festival. I'm trying to like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, I'm throwing it out there in the universe, and hopefully that'll happen in real life. That's great. Uh, but two, the Austin Film Festival in the Nichols
0: Scholarship Film Festival. Oh, awesome! Yeah, those you two could ones. win like an award of
1: money. You, you could win a lot of money. Yeah. Thirty five thousand for the Nichols um one, and then like twenty five for Austin. What would you do if but- you won the money? Um, make another movie. Answer the question
0: correctly, bro.
1: I mean, well, I would. You, you want the you want the truth or yeah, you want the, I want the f- truth. fictitious? I want the truth. I would make another movie. Thank God. Uh, but I would take some of that and... Yeah, come on, dude. I got three kids and a mortgage. I'm just trying to pay my mortgage down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the okay. reality well, of different. it that's is different. like... No, because this is all me, which is great, too. That's Good. another thing. Um, In the last year, I've written... Three of the four films are my films, and like people I like
0: them. People like what you're writing. Which
1: yeah. Is oh great. my God, the guy who uh, the one short lost in story, mm-hmm. uh, the Argentinian guy, the director, he's like an artist. Like he he started off as a photographer, and then he went into directing music videos, and now he's doing indie films. But he went and got like big names attached to it right away, and kind of like using your analogy about the building, mm-hmm. that's what I did. It was a short. He wanted me to write into a feature. I did. He loved it, and then he took it, and now he's building. This beautiful story out of it. And um it was all the groundwork, the foundation, the world that I created. And last night he sent me over a basically like a lookbook from his perspective as a as the uh, director. Gorgeous. It's like amazing. And uh he's already been talking to like some pretty big people about funding and like I said, he's got some names, uh, recognizable names in there. There's lots and, of
0: good opportunities out but there. But they don't man. even know, he
1: doesn't even know I'm an actor. Like the other day I told him, I said, hey man, I'm going to be late on delivering this because I was writing that film. I was writing that script while I was doing El Chingon Lives. Yeah. And so I texted him and he couldn't, under. he didn't, he didn't get it. You know, he's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I just shot 16 hours straight. You know, we did like 28 scenes. I got to sleep. And then when I get up tomorrow, give me until the afternoon, I'll deliver the movie. I'll deliver the script. You know, what and do you he, think? He said, I'm a fucking beast. That's what his words were. You're a fucking beast. <laughs> Are you serious? And I said, I, Yeah. I like I that I said, he appreciated directing. you. Yeah. And so he goes, Wow, you're an actor? And I said, Yes. I mean, he just, you know, it was like one of these things.
0: Goes, I'm going okay. to tell you, I, I want to go back to what you said. I, it's not that I don't want to read your Actually, you know what? It is that I don't want to read your story. <laughs> you don't want to read it. <laughs> no, it is that I don't want to read it. But, you know, reading scripts is a pain in the ass. I'm it's not, not lie. about reading, it's, it's about understanding what it is that I am interested in and what I can sell. I already know that about myself. So I don't get into things where I'm pretty sure it's not going to be, uh, something for me. No. And I, and I know that. And I appreciate that. There are otherwise I say to you, right. You were going to say, otherwise I say to you, Oh yeah. Awesome. Send it to me. And then I, and then, and then I have this, guilt over my head. Like every time I see you, I'm like, Oh, I didn't read a script. Oh, I didn't read a script. But, but a lot of times it's because it's just something that I'm not. And it's not that I just do action and, uh, and, um, and, uh horror. In fact, just the opposite. I yeah. don't do that much action that's- and I don't do horror, but well, I that's do what's things funny that when I'm you said that, about. like
1: you don't really do those, but I see what you're saying. Cause look at the things that are, easily marketable that you can make the most amount of money is a horror movie and an action movie. Those things, like you said, internationally sell, everybody gets scared. Everybody wants revenge. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: the other issue is that you've got, um, a difficult time. There's it. It's difficult to sell a movie in this market. That's indie these days. I don't know why it's weird. I was talking to someone about it the other day. There was a time when you could make a movie and have a Mario Lopez, you could have any you know, any reasonable name yeah. that people knew about that was on a hit show. Put them in your movie, sell it to Blockbuster. You remember Blockbuster? Yeah, Send it to Hollywood Video. Yeah. Sell it to HBO. I would think even more than Donald I made Donald. deals. No, it's, but I agree with you. It should yeah. be more. But I used to make a movie and say to the investor, guaranteed 50% back. Why? Because we're going to have a premiere at Blockbuster, or we're going to have a premiere sale at... Um, Hollywood video, no worries. And I had the context to do that. It was no deal. So now it's just a matter if we make a great movie, we're beyond 50. If we make a piece, you get 50% of your money back, and we had a great time. You in? People were in on that deal. Then Hollywood video went away, then Blockbuster went away, and then HBO stopped buying from independent producers, which is a shame, because then all of a sudden we were like, okay, so where does the independent... Fit. Well, the only independent, the only place you fit now is if you're able to make a movie that goes to a festival, does extremely well, and you get bought. Yeah. Because I don't know where else to be. You have to mark. You can't just go on iTunes. I've had films where I put it on iTunes, I put it on Amazon. doesn't make any money. Yeah. Or maybe it makes 10 grand. Yeah. That's not enough when you're spending millions of dollars on a movie. No. So you have to figure out a way to make great movies so that you can get noticed, or make a deal with a foreign distributor, or make a deal with a company that's got to deal with Netflix so that you can put your put your movie through the system. Even Dead
1: that doesn't guarantee you anything. Really? I mean,
0: it doesn't, and that's why you have to just keep making great movies using good actors and and figuring out how to make something unique to this business because everyone's making the same sort of stuff. Look at all the Christmas movies. Well, you know what? Tons That's of a, Christmas movies. But and they make a lot sort of money. Of the same. Yeah, but they're all sort of the same, and people yeah. like it. People like being fed the Christmas movie. So. Well, because it's seasonal. You you feel like, ah, let's watch a
1: Christmas. You know what I mean? It's like, I, one of my favorite, The Family Man, Nicolas Cage. I right. love
0: that movie. Um, hey, let's, um, let's head towards the finish line here. I'll tell you. So there's this magic about pitching, um, which is called enrollment, and- there was this crazy time when I thought that I was only going to pitch and be ready to pitch when someone that mattered was going to be listening. So the problem with that system that I had was that I would pitch and I wouldn't be prepared. I wouldn't have practiced enough. Um so I would lose the person and they would be lost. And that's it. And it would be over. Then I started to practice more often. And the way I started to practice was I started pitching people, me, my life, my things, what I wanted to do as practice. And I figured if I can enroll you with stories about me and my life, mm. if I can nail that, then it would be a step in the right direction of a conversation with an investor. So one of the things that I really got into is the idea that if I lose you in a conversation, that I could actually get you back, that I could actually start pitching, lose you, and then say something that interests you in the middle of the conversation. What was happening is I was pitching, I would lose you, and then I'd get disappointed, mm. and I'd be like, I lost him. And then... I'd start fumbling over my words and be like, well and then and then I'd try to add more story and then next thing you know, the story got really long and it was over. Yeah. And I'd be bummed and and it was and it was done. But a pitch is almost like running the mile. You know, you start first lap, second mm-hmm. lap, you might be middle of the pack. Third lap, you may have fallen back a little bit further. Last lap, a third, second, first, and you can win. Same
1: Bolt. There you go.
0: You're Usain Bolt. So in a in a pitch, you could start pitching. You could realize what the person is potentially interested or in, in not interested in. The, you can heighten your pitch by starting to talk about the key elements, the part, the parts that hold up your story, the powerful parts that change the, your characters, that create the momentum in your script yeah. and, end strongly with something that they're now connecting with. A lot of times your script has multiple stories in it and they might not connect to everything, but they may connect to a certain yeah. character. They may connect to what's happening in the script. So I really, I really do think that practicing, on your wife, on your girlfriend, on your friends, constantly talking about yourself, your story, what you want to do and and noticing how people react to that. Yeah. And when you lose them, practice getting them back. Yeah. Because you do, you know, a lot of times I'll go into a pitch at a at even you know, at a studio and you won't know until you're done because they're really good at keeping them face straight. Yeah. So you have to pitch and be really good at it and know that you have like this hump. Yeah. And that you're gonna be rising in your story and that you're gonna end it with a bang. Yeah. And when it's over, somewhere along the way you captured them or you didn't. Yeah. But don't give up. Just know that you have a great pitch because pitch because you've practiced it. Yeah. And then finish strong and let the rest fall where it made. To put a button on that, Bill Gates, I read
1: this the other day. Guess how many times he pitched Microsoft back in the day? 50. 1,200 times. Whoa. Guess how many people were, in, were in, at the end? Guess. Five. 11. Wow. He went from 1,200 to like 600. 1,200 to like 400 or 300. From 300 to like 60. Of those 60, only 11 invested in Microsoft. It That's makes it. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. It's, it's good.
0: Uh, I, I think, think we got into it. I think we got into a lot of different subjects. I think we did. I think we did. I like it. Hey, thank you very much for listening. To Let's get into it. Hopefully, you uh, picked up some pointers and some ideas and some inspiration. Yeah, and go to our uh, Facebook page. And there's a lot of good pictures of my son playing we golf gotta on there. We got to put more pictures on there. People, hey, someone commented uh, on Facebook. Did you see that? No. It's they said thanks uh, for doing the the podcast. Not only is it about film, but it's sort of about business in general. I've learned oh, a lot. What? Yeah.
1: And oh, we have Instagram too. Let's get it. Let's underscore get underscore into it or something like. That. Let's get into it. You'll find. It. So come on. We know where we're not. Come on. That's it.
0: That's it. See Until you next time. time. Thanks a lot. Cool.